0: Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends and tactics from some of the world's most innovative minds in music. I'm artist manager and consultant, Jordan Williams. And I'm Sam Heisel, co-founder of the music marketing and content production agency, Knox.
1: We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans.
0: Welcome to the show. Jordan, what's, what's cooking? Good looking? What's, what's the thought? Thank you, man. What's up? How you doing, Sam? I'm good. I'm good, man. Who we got on the show today? Today, we have Josh
1: Simons and Baz Palmer. They're co-founders of a company called Vamper. Uh, for those who don't know the company, Vamper. One, you should look it up. But two, you should listen to this episode. Vamper is a social media network for musicians. So I'm sure when we all get, want to get into the music industry, everyone says everything about networking. But it's really important. And I encourage this to our patrons, too. It's really important to get to know people horizontally and not just vertically. So Vamper is a platform where you can go in, you can log in, you can swipe right or left for people that you may want to collaborate with. And you may end up making a hit record or being managed by somebody that you that you meet on the platform. In addition to it being a social media network, they're also a distributor, so you can distribute to all the main DSPs, and they are a publisher. So they help you build your community, find your community, uh, and make money off of both the master side and the publishing side. So they're a one-stop shop for the entire thing. So in this episode, we not only get into the platform itself, but what it's like building a tech company that's rooted in music. So we talk about, you know, when you first come up with that idea, when Josh came to Baz, what are some things that you do after you have that idea to get the ball rolling? We talk about raising money. So we go from everything from the field of social media and how that pertains to Vamper to actually building it out and and building it into a platform that that people want to join. So I thought it was, I think it's really interesting from multiple perspectives. What do you think, Sam?
0: Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed hearing how they're tackling a meaningful problem and opportunity in the music industry through a technology product and tech company. So I think there's tons of opportunities and tech really has changed the world. Um, So I think for all the kind of ambitious people here, A, whether you're just an artist is looking, trying to, to network, that could get value out of using Vamper, or maybe you're on the entrepreneurial side and are exploring different ways in which you could tackle really interesting problems with technology products. I think this is a super powerful interview. In that same vein, I think they kind of speak on this point a couple of times, but how they've used customer feedback and market shifts to really inform an iterative approach to product development. I think the product has evolved throughout the years, but it's because they keep a very good, their fingers on the pulse of customer feedback and market shifts. And I think no matter what industry you're in or what sort of product you're building, that's just a foundational feedback loop you want to have in place. So Really excited to dive into this episode. If you guys haven't already. Do want to encourage you to actually check out the Vamper app. You can just search in your app store V A M P R. And without any further ado, let's get into it. Let's do it. Josh, Baz, how we doing? Really good. Very well. Yep. Well, very to shy- Australians. <laughs> there we go. Right. We're, we're lucky today.
2: We, we got lucky. Um, Two Australians <laughs> on on Australians on different side of the world, mind you. So I'm I'm here in Los Angeles, and Baz is there in
0: cold Melbourne.
3: Lockdown Melbourne.
0: <laughs> Got to uh, divide and conquer different territories. I like it it's very you, strategic. Right. Um, With that said, guys, I think very much fans of what you guys are up to with vamper and how you're really able to uh, kind of empowering different musicians. So. Would really love to just start at kind of the the origin story for Vamper. I know you guys both have experience in the music industry prior to starting the company, so would love to really just hear a little bit about the inception story.
2: I I approached Baz, um, actually, like you said, we we were we were in the well, we both sort of are in the music industry, but I was a, I guess, a writer or an artist both um, at the time, but experiencing a frustration a networking problem effectively in london at the time um in that i didn't have anyone to network with Um, and (laughs) (laughs) so baz actually signed me to my first ever record deal um back in australia and i called him saying do you know anyone i can network with and he said not really or i do but you know it wasn't really what i was looking for and then i said it wouldn't it be great if we could have some sort of directory or swipe based, you know, fun way to find people to connect with. And it really didn't take more than about a month after that initial brainstorm, which wasn't even really intended as a brainstorm um, before we'd come up with the name those came up with the name and then we registered the company name. And obviously a lot of things then have to happen after that before you have a product, but um, it really did. It just, just start off as a, as a call as frustrated Josh calling. He's, a,
0: he's an interesting
3: Baz. Here's an interesting part of the story, though, is that when Josh rang me, obviously I've, I've been in the tech space for some time and, you know, people are always knocking on your door with a great new idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, for me, execution is everything. The idea can be good, but until you got people you know who can actually get out there and actually hit right. the hustlings and do the hustling and all that other kind of stuff. And Josh was starting at zero. Josh didn't have any technical background at all whatsoever. I mean, he's a very good operator on Pro Tools, et cetera, and, you know, Adobe, <laughs> Premiere, all that kind of stuff. No, he's a very digital savvy kid. But um, so I just gave Josh one. On challenge. I said, Josh, this is if you need you need to make me a mock-up of this app right that your idea and give me that mock-up and if you can give me that I'll get rid of that little thing in the middle uh, if you can give me that mock-up within some kind of week or two weeks time frame then we've got a conversation I woke up the next morning with the mock-up completely built wow. top to bottom so that was like okay good we can do this so that was the start of our relationship we had a great one before that as a label well, kind of pretty good
2: <laughs> 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 what label what
3: label boss gets along with their artists all the time no <laughs> way and that was pretty much the inception i mean i love the idea from the outset i thought it was an absolutely brilliant idea and and i don't don't think there's a musician on the planet who doesn't understand what josh is talking about in terms of the challenges of trying to find other musos i grew up in a country town uh, finding another musician to collaborate with meant uh, well as josh and i say plane train automobile i mean you had to do all these kind of things to create a network so yeah that's the long version of a very short story
1: Yeah. yeah yeah right right I'm actually wondering, um, you guys said when you know when you guys first met, you asked Josh to to make a mock-up. What are some of the other first things that you have to do when you have an idea and bring it to inception? I obviously know that a lot of it is, you know, pitching to investors, making a business plan, that sort of thing. But when you're right off the bat, when, when Josh is like, yo, I got this idea. What's like the first week or two weeks of just planning? What
2: is that process like? Research. Um, mm-hmm. And lots of, well, and I would, I'd say, we had to kind of do our research and a lot of startups do this, especially first time founders, like I sort of was, Um, we kind of ended up doing the research bit, probably a bit later than retroactively you might like, so if the question is, (laughs) if the question is one of advice, my advice would be start with research because you really need to know and understand not only who your market is but what the size of it is like is this a real opportunity is this something that is actually going to get off the ground and have a shot at being self-sustainable fortunately our idea is and and has been and will continue to be but um that's really where you have to start because you can't put a pitch deck or formulate ideas around a market that you don't understand so i'd say that that's probably the most important first step for anyone who's got an idea
3: like, I totally agree with Josh. I think one of the things that we had to our advantage is that we actually already done lifelong research yeah. in terms of we intrinsically understood the um, pain point. Both of us have mm. had it multiple times in our professional career. I mean, it's a great question, Jordan. Uh, it is one that, you know, Josh and I retrospectively rebuild the company about the way we should have built it. I mean, one of the things that Josh and I'll probably always advise someone, and neither I, uh, Josh, or I are technical founders. And if I was mm. doing a startup again right now, someone in the gang would be a technical founder so that we could do that research and start building really, really early. I just think that idea of a beta, something people can start playing with mm. and understanding, is this really going to make sense? And also that idea of being able to move quickly because agile is one thing, but if you can't move at speed, then you just watch the market go flying by. We were really yeah. fortunate in that, you know, we um, Josh was able to raise some great money really early and for us to get that velocity because we've seen a lot of people come into the marketplace since, but, you know, we're the leaders. When we got out there and we hit the ground running and, uh, you know, a lifetime spent in the music industry meant that when we started messaging, we started talking to our community, we were only talking really about ourselves. So it rang true. So we were able to build and uh, a message and all those things came together with a great synchronicity. Uh, so, you know, the, the, to, to try to answer finally, Jordan, your piece, there are just so many considerations <laughs> now, here to actually get this thing over the line um I I think Josh I think you and I both would both say the other crucial element is somehow or other perseverance and self belief that you're doing something of value, I think if they don't right. they're not there, all the other technical stuff just goes to the wind yeah yeah
0: right, uh, right. I, I like that too, and when it comes to i mean just belief that you're doing something of value, like I personally believe that you guys are doing something of value too, because I was even joking around Same. with a, a friend recently because uh it's an artist that um, we sometimes work with who might not necessarily be the most proactively extroverted person, which has therefore made it a little bit more challenging for him to meet people and then kind of double that with COVID. I mean, you're not running into people uh, in the studio. I mean, it's funny, too, because I actually know one of the success stories um, of Vamper, I think Anthony Kilhoff for the producers, has, has kind of used the app. When we actually interviewed him on the podcast, he was saying, Back in my day, like networking was just always happened at the studio. Now everybody's just on their phones all the time. So I think it's like, (laughs) it's a blessing and a curse. I think COVID, maybe more people are doing home studio setups, but thanks to app like yours and and people's just uh, digital proactiveness, it sets them up to succeed and and meet and collaborate with new people. That's a great
3: irony point to Sam. Sorry, Josh. That's a great irony that you're sitting around with a room full of people. When we all know this, we all feel it every day of our lives and everybody's on their phones and no one's talking. I just love it that we've done we are networking, you're sitting next to someone, we're networking each other right now. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think um, one of the things we identified very early on, and it's still true today, is that networking isn't, and you just said it then, it's not for everyone. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're you know in commercial real estate, through to the music industry it can be quite intimidating for most people putting yourselves out there, going to conferences, speaking to strangers. So the idea with Vampa to gamify networking with swiping um, and sort of bringing an element of fun to something that's otherwise quite stressful was really this kind of at the root of the whole idea.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: And
3: then I, I One know of the things was, that Josh and I, sorry Sam, one of the things that Josh and I are really conscious of is that, you know, like an artist's life, is it's a long journey. It's, especially if you have longevity, it is. Uh, and things don't happen instantly. And one of the things that was really uh, important for us when we were building the app was that how do we actually start from someone in the bedroom and give them things that they need to get all the way through to being on stage. And that's actually our, the the build of the app, the technical part of the app and the features we've added actually just mirror that journey of what an artist starts, like you start by yourself with a you know a door or whatever. And then ultimately, as you move through the world of music, you start networking with more and more people across the whole creative industry. And mm-hmm. uh, from the outset, Josh and I wanted to build something that grew as part of your career. And I think that's a really fundamental part of the success of Am- Vampa. One
2: of our taglines is play together. And yes. it's cheeky, it's fun, um, but it's really, it's true. It's sort of, there is collaboration at every step. In fact, like I'll give you a little nugget that I've never given away in one of these podcasts you. before. One, one, one of the commercials that we will make one day is a guy playing in his bedroom in front of blow-up dolls and soft toys and all of all of his toys. <laughs> and um, and then it's gonna come up and it says, it'll say, stop playing with yourself. Dance play together. So that's, that's, that's going to be one of our next ads, probably. No, no, no. Look, we I do like need that.
3: two people to actually star in the ad, boys. So if you're not doing
0: anything later on,
2: yeah, we're looking. Yeah, we'll be Jordan. casting. It sounds, sounds more like a uh,
0: Jordan solo ad to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Jordan. I really need it for my personal brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the props already, so we'll be good. <laughs> I think Jordan's going to have
3: right. any problems
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that said, I, I think. The app has continued to evolve, uh, I think, and the service and value you provide to customers has evolved along with it. I think the um, very curious before really talking about like the specific like iterations you made on your value proposition. More interested, for starters, on the, the process of how you identified various market needs. I know you were already speaking to Beta and how important it is to get customer feedback early and often and use that to inform your strategy. Can you talk a little bit through the journey of, of how, as you got more feedback and were paying attention to what was happening in the market, how you use that data to inform the company's strategic direction?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, growing a social network, obviously, I think um, it's is pretty tricky thing. Like you've got to inject enough money into the marketing. So you, you're building up, I guess, um, supply in some respect on that side. And then you've got to create new features over here and and they need to grow equally. But at first you're never going to get that right. And so, of course we, we didn't, I mean, we didn't get it that wrong either, but we were going in fits and starts. Now, one of the, the, good, the good things about that, and that happened in about 2017. So we are talking about three years ago. But we learned so much during what was, you know, admittedly a very stressful time in our company's history. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had such a small team and it was pretty, as I say, stressful is the best way to describe it. But we learned a hell of a lot and we learned what we didn't have and we learned what people wanted and we learned what they liked and what they didn't like. So Baz and I began working on what we call Project Sophomore back in 2017, which we only just released six weeks ago. Um, and that, really, that was a direct response to the first year and a bit of like a substantial amount of data, I think six thousand reviews or something, um, maybe ten thousand emails in the support box inbox. We knew exactly what people wanted, and again, Baz touched on this earlier. Domain expertise kind of suggests we we, we knew, like we didn't really discover anything we didn't know on some level already. It just helped us prioritize what to do next. Right. um but once we sorted out that list, what was I guess the scary part was we, we kind of priced it all up and it was like, well to do that we're going to need you know one and a half million dollars at, at minimum and and that was the, the the next challenge was okay well let's support the current version of vampa we'll keep fixing bugs we'll keep featuring artists of the week and telling vampa stories and growing the company that way and then we'll get to work in the background and raise money and so, that's exactly what we did. And then that, that was really an 18-month grind from that point to, um, to convince, you know, people that that, that vision was not only um, worthy of investment, but also that we actually knew what we were talking about because we had all of that data that you had, you know, that I was talking about. And and so,
3: it, sorry. Yeah. No, you go, I was going to say, to pick up that point about, you know, raising money behind an idea, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had plenty of people talk about VCs and the kind of metrics they're looking for before they invest. And of course, you're going out with an app that's pre-money. We haven't been, we haven't monetized yet. So, crowdfunding made a lot of support uh, sense to us because we're essentially talking to our community. And the greatest validation that we've had in recent times, apart from the fantastic amount of people who use the app, but people from the community actually making sure that they invested in it so that we could continue on this incredible journey of building a fantastic network for them. Uh, For Josh and I, that's probably been our proudest moment to see how the crowdfunder performed. Going out there to VCs or even angels is tough if you don't have that kind of monetization in place. Um, And for us, getting that money meant we can actually start doing all the things that Get the entire investment community looking at vampa as a proper like an incredible proposition to invest in um, so right now where we find ourselves opening up this new round and talking to a lot of people josh and i can feel it in the air things have changed for us uh-huh. dramatically yeah. and by the way we're we, you know, just fingers crossed every single step of the way josh and i uh, approach this every single day with humility uh and you know try to be uh, like you know because we know this is the the school of hard knocks being in, well, it's
1: uh, all you
3: good.
0: you saying you
1: got your mojo. You
3: know, I feel you. <laughs> you can
0: <you're, laughs> hey, your bag a little bit. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's,
3: it's awesome. I mean, you know, that's another, you know, lesson for anybody out there. I think you just, this is like a broken record, but the more you read about the startup community, the more thing, what you'll learn is you need resilience. You need a thick skin. You need to right. not tie the business with your own sense of self-worth. I mean, and I, I, I
2: honestly think a lot of people, wouldn't have been able to hold in there. I, and that, that's the opposite of humility, maybe. That's probably pumping up my own ties a little bit, but I really do believe that we we, we made it against the odds um, because we could have died, because we, we did have this great product that was being used, but it wasn't what people exactly wanted and we just didn't have that money. And to get the crowdfund together was such a monumental task. And to then raise the capital was an even bigger ta- task. We, we kept this whiteboard at the end of the raise, where we counted down the last five days and all the little bits of content we had to create and how much money was ticking in. And uh, it was like such a special moment when we posted that final post saying we made it. Uh, Baz and I signed the whiteboard and we put it away somewhere in my parents' garage to just remember (laughs) that moment. Because uh,
3: I think it was something, the stream that you did, I mean, honestly, the, to, to just to flesh out the story, like, you know, you put this, you show the world, you know, your public face. And then, of course, behind the scenes is you're doing all the scrambling around to make things work. Josh had to do this live presentation on Facebook to actually, you know, promote the-, we the did a
2: three hour. We did a three-hour live stream with our users where yes. they could ask questions. <laughs> to, um, you know, to see if they wanted to invest. It was this is like pre-Zoom.
3: Years. It was like pre-Stone Age Man, if you'd seen what we did this day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, guys. And I think, you know, the only reason I bring that up is that, uh, you know, like perseverance is the thing. I mean, finding solutions to problems is, uh, that's what, that's essential. If you're going to be an entrepreneur and you want to work with in this startup community, right. you know, like, you know, just keep going. As they yeah. say in Nike, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right,
1: right. Speaking of um, you know interacting with your community, I think um, the the community in the music industry is so unique to the to the music industry. People obviously are, are very sensitive and um, they feel very they feel like the art is very important. It's obviously like an extension of them. so how do you how do you approach kind of curating and feeding that community in a way that's organic to the way that they create? How have you done that on on the platform?
2: Oh I'll answer that. And then I think Baz is going to have to jump in two minutes because he's yeah. going to speak to an investor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there, yeah. You go. There,
3: there you
0: go. go. So I'll um, say before my, he starts talking.
3: Say, where the
1: investors. Start. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So before he starts talking, because this is going to take five, Uh thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Sam. It's been great. Thank you so much so for coming I will out. jump. Take care, Josh. I'll You head call off now. me later
2: and let me You let me know how you go, Baz. Yeah, okay? and go by go way, get Sam him, Baz.
3: Yeah. And, and, sam, yeah, yeah. and sam and jordan you watch my back while i'm not in there that room yeah. okay to yeah. we'll you're, try you're we'll troubled. try man. your honor <laughs> yeah thank you. thanks for having me guys it's been a ball uh, of, course, of course
0: guys take care thank you
2: yes yeah, so jordan a good question um we did it in ways that might seem obvious but actually require a lot of thought things like not having a down vote button um mm. things like not feeding back to people when someone's passed on them um encouraging through all of the i mean i don't know how much of our blog posts or anything you've seen or our social media presence but we never have anything negative to say not not because we don't have not because we see the the world through some sort of fake you know filter Bro's but rather knows, yeah. yeah exactly but rather because it's just not what the world needs right now there's plenty if you want to go to a social network that's full of vitriol and um, hatred and all that stuff. There's plenty of them and Vamp is not one of them. And we're really strict about that. If we catch wind of someone uh, you know messaging people saying you suck or you're shit or sorry, I don't know if we're or like that. Your but, beats are um, trash.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sounds your like beats Twitter. are
2: trash. <laughs> yeah. Then and we get too many if someone gets too many reports, we just kick them off the network and we don't have any issue doing it. We we want to cultivate a large community of positive feedback loops. We're actually in about four weeks or less introducing likes and comments, which is going to be a game changer Mm. because vampa right now is a one-to-one social network. So you don't actually get any visibility around how many people have looked at a profile. That's about to change. We're about to open it up like a Facebook and a LinkedIn where there'll be a feed and you'll be able to like and comment on things. When we do that, we won't have, you know, an angry face reaction. Um, It'll just be like, and comment we'll have, you know, certain filters to stop people saying certain things or posting inappropriate comments we're not there to like restrict freedom of speech or anything like that but we are there to promote positive um uh, a positive culture where it, it's one of validation because one of the first uh, challenges you face as a musician is validation so when you're at home with a guitar and you're writing your first ever tune you don't actually know if it's any good and putting yourself out there for the world to judge is super intimidating. So it's it's fine for people to say that's great or upvote it. And look, you might only get two likes and for you that's amazing because two people liked it and then another person might get 100 likes and that's great for them. Um, but what what no one needs is the angry face or the laughing face right. or anything like that. You know, it's not helpful to anybody. It doesn't reveal anything. It just reveals the ugly side of, of social I'm- media.
1: And what I'm also thinking of is, you know, earlier in this conversation, you said that you need to have this conviction um, and really believe that what you're doing is, uh, that there's a cause and there's a purpose for it. And I think that when you decide to become a music business person, especially, uh, especially a musician, you're almost starting your own business yourself, right? Like those first demos that you write are your MVP to people of why they should listen to you. You know, you're pitching yourself as an entity when you go to record labels and cause the record labels are looking at their bottom line too. So, um, it kind of helps people continue to believe in themselves when you don't have a situation where people can control. Also, yeah. um, you know, I haven't heard many people. Maybe you guys have. I haven't heard many people that have released a song and then some random person said, "Wow, this sucks," and then they decided to change how they made music entirely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't really think that no.
2: like my <laughs> artist, my artist project, which did very well in Australia, we you did ten million streams or something and sold a lot, a lot of records and toured the world. Sorry, toured the country seven times. We we our first ever blog post on a major blog site said this is a trash version of Coldplay. So, you know, <laughs> uh, like, but, but I didn't then go and change our sound. I doubled right. down and got better at my craft and I kept making the type of music that, that I make. Um, so I, yeah, you're exactly right. Negative feedback to a musician doesn't help advance their career in any way. If anything, it just ruins their day momentarily. And so we're, right. we'll keep working on ways like, To be honest, and this is the part of being the startup, we don't know exactly how we're going to do that yet. We know some of the things we're going to do, I've already discussed them, but we don't know, we don't know exactly how we'll moderate that because we don't want to stifle freedom of speech. Um, but you know, we're not going to have, like, you're not going to be able to do posts of just random links to things or status updates, you'll have a shout out update. But we're not really going to give people room to be nasty, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So we're going to to try and control the conversation a little bit by limiting the amount of content you can post to that newsfeed. And we're going to learn. We're going to learn a hell of a lot. I can tell you what, in that first month after release, we're going to get a lot of angry comments in the app stores. I know it for a fact. And people will all weigh in with how they think it should be. And somewhere in the middle of all of those bits of feedback will, will be some truth. And in that truth, we'll, we'll, Deploy an update and get closer to
0: the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I like it. So when it comes to um, getting to the sweet spot, I know you've worked to uh, add in the distribution. So what, when it came to adding in distribution, like what made you want to do that? Like I know there's ways people can distribute. Where where what made you feel there was a need in the market to do that, and how have you been helping people leverage that feature?
2: It came about actually because of COVID-19. So, um, when that first hit, we saw a spike in vampa usage with, I guess, people looking to connect because they were bored at home. Um, and then we saw a little bit of a drop off, which we sort of attributed to, well, they can connect on vampa, but then they can't really meet up in person because of the lockdown. So we started asking ourselves, how can we supplant, you know, touring income, um, you know, other things that people have lost out on merch etc, and leverage our existing position as the sort of largest social network for musicians looking to meet new people, so the obvious one was publishing and distribution. Um, we were already working on a publishing solution, uh, which we sort of launched I think back in May, to uh, been tremendously successful, and right now we're working on building up the catalog, so we 've got five thousand two hundred songs. Um, And then we launched distribution about two or three months after that. Um, And the idea was really for that one to bring a tool to artists that was part of our pro package, which we were already going to launch. So pro Vamper pro was already coming, but you can bundle on distribution as part of your offering for next to nothing. Like people would be surprised how easy it is to set up a distribution company. So for us, we're swallowing the cost of that and we're passing on 100 percent of royalties to artists and the idea is that it's a value add um and something that you know hopefully can make people some money when they're not making it otherwise from touring and for us we're just passing the cash forward and obviously we're capturing them as vampa pro members and hopefully they get value from the 16 other things we offer that comes bundled with vampa pro
1: right um i'm also wondering since you started in distribution and publishing i guess what are some things about just kind of running because obviously Vamper, um the 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 features that we've talked about prior in terms of building a community social network um those tend to be rooted in in uh music but there's also this like hardcore element of tech obviously but when you talk about like distribution when you talk about music publishing Um, you know, those are, even though those have been influenced by tech, those are things that have been, you know, in the, a part of the music industry for decades. So when you did decide to go into distribution and publishing, what are some things you kind of learned about, um, I mean, obviously you were in the music business before, but what are some kind of things that you learned about those, um, I guess, legacy, um, areas of the music business, uh, as at the same time, you're like building out a, you know, 2020 social network
2: yeah so the the ambition is to create a one-stop shop that mm-hmm. because right now an artist would have their instagram page for pictures soundcloud for audio youtube for video song right. for publishing cd baby for distribution and right. we were going well hold, hold on hold on we got the social network <laughs> we can we can offer these tools for not a lot of money on our end um mm-hmm. and hopefully tremendous return for the for the user, but. a bit um you know in terms of what did I learn from from doing that I'll be honest like my family has a very long mm. history in publishing so my both my parents both my parents and my grandparents worked in music publishing in the UK um mm. and like my grandfather uh was the president of UMPG um my dad was uh, Paul McCartney's publisher for a time so uh I grew up Mm. with that language, with a very substantial understanding of the publishing world, and I've also been a party to. I think I've signed three publishing deals Mm -hmm. in my life. So I've, I I didn't learn a tremendous amount about the publishing industry at all. But what I did learn was how to set up a publishing company takes a (laughs) buttload of work, and, (laughs) and we're still and we're still we're still working that out. So when we launched. Bamper Publishing, we had the best intentions and we had a team that we'd spent six months putting together just to focus on the publishing piece. Um, but we're currently auditing our own publishing division and working out how can we optimise it because it could be better, which I guess that was that's just the startup mentality which we apply to everything we do. But um, as I say, the cool thing about building a publishing catalogue is we can keep building our catalogue up while we have this sort of audit on the other side looking at how do we improve the margins and and the opportunities and, and the team and all that kind of stuff, which is the phase where we're at now. We're, we're very open about that and we've got nothing to hide. It's, you know, and also you need something to sell. So music supervisors and directors who are going to be buying our, our songs from our catalog. Um, you actually need a catalog to sell them. So we, we, I think it was a bit of chicken and egg stuff when we launched it, but we've worked out what the order is. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and uh,
1: generally, you know, to kind of go back to building the company and, you know, getting your first customers for a product, how do you go about acquiring customers, especially for a company like this, where, you know, like we said earlier, you know, people may be a little bit sensitive to start. People may be a little bit sensitive to, to go into networking and showing their work. Um, I guess like, I don't want to say exactly what's the pitch because we did go over that a lot. But, but how do you communicate that message to people and through what mediums do you communicate that message to people?
2: Yeah. So we actually touched on it a little bit. I think it's about keeping advertising fun. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, no one likes ads really, but um, if you can keep it fun and brief and succinct. So in our case, you know, I think we ran some Tinder for musician campaigns, LinkedIn for the music ecosystem, but if you can communicate your, what you do in, three words, which is kind of my rule, where possible. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, you're going to get a, a much better click-through rate because people will understand your product. Um, and then it's just all about the process you apply to buying ads. So, you know, do that might be paid social media, it might be some organic, it might be some offline billboard stuff, or it's going to be a mix inevitably of all of those things. Um, one of the things we we did in the first six months was test all the various possible marketing streams because there's only about 19 or something that are possible in the world in terms of types of marketing. And we spent a good year throwing about less than 500 bucks at each stream and seeing what worked for Vampa. And we only, I mean, we whittled it down to three and now we've thrown everything we have into that. And that's kind of, that's what it means Mm. to be... That's what it means to be agile. I mean, this is an agile mentality, but instead of applied to software development, we're applying it to marketing, and right. and we're things and we're A/B testing, you know, copy with visuals, and we've got it down to a science now. That's so automated, I don't even have to look at it. I just get sent. <laughs> I, I, I'm fortunate enough not to, but yeah, that's um, awesome. I I kind of built the process, frankly, and um. Now we just get sent a daily update that tells us, you know, this is what our cost of acquisition was yesterday. But typically we acquire someone for nine to 15 cents somewhere in that region. Um, wow. and, and we'll, we pump, you know, I'm not going to say exactly how much, but you know, around sort of 10 to $20,000 into that a month. Um, and so you can do the maths and work out how, how we're going to keep growing. But um, that's, that's the key to the strategies. Can't be afraid to spend money on ads. Um, but you also need to know how to create good creative without spending a lot of money. I don't right. think I don't reckon we've spent more than, over our five years, I don't think we've spent more than three grand on our creative. Most of it we make in-house. Um, with a good idea, you can get stock footage and cut it in a way that you can tell any story you want. <laughs> it's just a matter of writing a good script and understanding how copy works. And you don't need agencies and all that stuff. You just need... To give it time and thought and test stuff
0: that's awesome, awesome. um
2: easier said than done i'll say yeah, that.
0: yeah yeah yeah. for sure for sure none i mean Sam, I, sam's
2: I, like you don't
1: need
0: agencies but you know if you're taking a knock, you need well no, no no what no, 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 no. i was thinking <laughs> it's like when, when you're ready to set up step up the creative game and get jordan for the play together <laughs> <laughs> commercial he's well, gonna, you gonna you have know, a pretty high <laughs> <laughs> booking fee <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
2: like you don't need him but if it's not you sort of need him you know <laughs> And you know what, actually, agencies are great if you go in with, with the scope that's defined. Yeah. And so I will say this because actually we use an agency for, for part of our ad process now. Um, what I meant by you don't need agencies, I probably it was a bit too broad stroke. What I really meant was that you, sh- you don't need to go to a one-stop shop agency because they're probably not great at every part of it. What you need, what you need to do is go in with whatever knowledge you've already acquired because you've done the hard work yourself. You've tested your various marketing streams, your various go to market strategies, and you go in and you go, this worked really well. Do that on steroids for me and then let them run.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I I love it. So I think as we come towards the uh, end here, I'm really curious, like, um, a, what, have been some of your favorite success stories that you've seen on the platform and then B, like, what to you is the most inspiring part of this journey. And uh, the reason I asked them together is because they may be connected, but uh, they are connected. Yeah. The,
2: yeah, totally. So the, for me, like the best part of this has been the success stories. Um, and like there's different types of success, right? So there's been like, obviously like had any stars been made from the platform or come from the platform, like a, a couple of, band's come to mind um actually one rapper in LA um, a girl called Ray Khalil. uh she's had such tremendous success since meeting her producer partner on vampa and prior to meeting him she had some of the greatest raps in her head we we actually got to know her quite well you know but she's so talented but she didn't have anyone to realize her sound and then she used Vampa Met this guy Jared and has now been on a Netflix show and released her debut album she's about to Probably sign a big deal. So, great great career or start of a start of a great great career. Um, you know this quite famous chili band. We found out about this just two weeks ago. Found a new lead singer on vampa and they we did we did no no idea about this. And then all of a sudden in the press, our name was coming up, you know, five times a day for about two weeks there. And so you know those are great you know, obvious success stories. But then I like my favorite ones are the less obvious ones, like people finding love or um, setting up a studio together or or just creating a band and touring their, their local, you know, their area. Um, those are the stories that bring the biggest smile to my face. And sometimes users write to us and tell us that, but my favorite ones are when we're doing like our weekly Google of our brand name and you read some random small little blog from Arkansas and someone someone's met there and told their local newspaper about it and talked about how Vampa was instrumental to getting started. That for me is that's because that's ubiquity. That's when people in places that you didn't know you were marketing in um have used your product, got a result, got the desired result from the product, and are now talking to their local community about it. That for me is true success for both the company and, you know, for those people.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. No, that's super exciting. And I know it's still just the, uh, come a long way, but it's still just the, the early days. And well, that's think- the
2: crazy thing. It's like, we've been doing this for five years since that first phone call. We've really only been doing it for four years full time, but five years since that first phone call and, and prototype that we joked about at the start. Um, but we've probably got another five years to go or so before it becomes what we want it to become, which is a community with a hundred million people um so we've probably got another five years to go but uh it, that's a weird one isn't it because it is the early stages but yeah i know no, been like, at it for a while
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no well too man well uh uh really excited to see all that you're building man very grateful that you're able to come on and tell us a little more about it and definitely do want to encourage our listeners to, to check it out I, I think it can be a great way for them to network but with all that said man appreciate the time appreciate the contributions you're making to the, the world of music man and, and keep up the great work no, thank yep, you, Sam excited, and Jordan. I'm excited to see where it goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Of course, man. Cheers. Awesome. man that was a really interesting episode I really enjoyed learning about the kind of the mission and and product with Vamper, how they've gone about helping artists some of the the case studies and really just how they've been able to build a a valuable product through iteration through customer feedback through the good old entrepreneurial grit not getting uh, making sure that they have conviction and and belief and optimism but balancing that with the, the pivots and feedback to inform what will actually work and provide value in the market what'd you like man?
1: Yeah, so I think it's uh, really interesting, their origin story, just kind of how they met, um, how to bring it from an idea to, to execution. I think it's really interesting. And I also really like the platform itself because it's really hard to build a community of musicians. And we talked about this in the episode um, when what you're sharing with other people is kind of like an extra limb. It's something that you're really attached to your music and your art and extension of yourself. So the fact that they've been able to build that community and that we were able to talk about how they were to build it, even though this, even though art is so close to the artists themselves, I think is really interesting. Um, And I think it'll give people a reason to definitely check it out.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, like Jordan said, I mean, if you want to check it out, just go to Vamper in your app store, V-A-M-P-R. Want to encourage you guys to download it, try it out. Um, And once again, as always, super grateful for your support. We'll see you next week. Thanks.